Welcome to the EcoSend podcast. Stories from marketers, founders, and changemakers leading businesses for a better world. Hi there, welcome to another episode of the EcoSend podcast. I'm your host, James, and I am thrilled to bring you this show usually once a week, where I'm talking to wonderful people, inspiring us, educating us, entertaining us into building more sustainable and purpose-driven businesses. A big topic we've had on the show, and it's been recurring, and if anything, getting more and more prominent, is the topic of digital sustainability. And I am very excited today to be joined by really one of the the experts on the topic, Michael Anderson. And Michael has is responsible for the sustainable World Wide Web, sustainable www, maybe familiar with reading that before. And Michael is a senior front end developer. He is uh, the founder of the, the Sustainable World Wide Web Foundation and is a book author. He's the author of the book Sustainable Web Design in 20 Lessons. So I'm very excited to meet Michael today. Uh, Michael, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm doing really good. And you? Great, great. I, I was very nice of you to ask me, Michael. Thank you. Yeah, I, I'm doing <laughs> all right. Thank you. We're recording on a Friday. It's 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 warm inside at least, and I, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm very very happy to be chatting with you and excited to dig in with someone who's clearly very passionate about this topic. So, Michael, I I, I guess before we get too much further. Who are you, and and what are you, what are you up to at the moment? We know you're a, a developer, and you've you've written a book. It'd be great to hear a little bit of background on on you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I can I can start by talking a little bit about my my journey into sustainable web design. It's, yeah. it's quite a long journey actually, because it started already <laughs> when I was a kid. <laughs> um, right. Oh wow. Yeah, I I grew up in a in a small town in Denmark, and I was I was of that generation, you know, where we where we used to play outside in the forest, you know, building yeah. forts and and playing. So so I got like the side of you know of playing in the nature, and and I was also like the the one of the first generations to to play inside. So I got a mix between these two. So my my love for nature yeah. is very big. I spend quite a lot of time in it. Also now that I'm now that that I'm a grown up, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, when when I was uh, when I was about uh, ten years old, I had a hobby. I figured out that I really like to to create websites. So my dad got me this uh, software from uh, Microsoft. I don't know if you ever tried it. It's called Front Page. I I am aware of Front Page. Although you were, did you say you were ten when you started <laughs> yeah, getting into I, this? That's I guess incredible. I was around. 10 years yeah. old, uh, yeah. I was dabbled with, with, with a lot of stuff in, in technology, but yeah, around around the age of 10. I remember, um, my, I think I do remember front page because I, I guess this was back in the days when software came in a box, right? With a, with a, <laughs> a CD yeah. inside. And I remember thinking, if you want to make a website, you have to, if you have a PC, like that's the way to make a website, if I recall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, it was also back in the day where all the websites was was made using uh, HTML tables. tables um, yeah. So, so yeah, my, my dad got me this software, and and I immediately started, you know, creating these like small projects for myself. Uh, so the, the the first one, as as far as I remember, was was a new website for the the association my dad was in. He was diving as a hobby. And I, 
and I was building this website using tables, you know, and and all of the images like backgrounds, shadows, yeah. and such. I was I was making them in in Paint and in very very early versions of Adobe Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is this was how it used to be done. I guess so many. I ain't gonna sound like an old grumpy man now, but kids these days they don't know how easy they've got it with their Squarespace and their Wix and their, you know, all of their blogging platforms and Figma and all of these design tools. <laughs> Back then, it was a lot of a lot of hard work to make anything look good, wasn't it? <laughs> It it definitely was, but but at least you know back then we didn't have to to think about like tablet designs and mobile designs as well. Um, okay, there, there was yeah. only one way. Um, that was how it looked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, around around the age of ten, I was I was doing these small hobby projects a lot, and when when I got a little bit older, I kind of moved away from technology again and and into music um, and spent like many years, you know teaching myself to play and I was even playing gigs around uh, Denmark and in the weekends and such and and I I thought that that was going to 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 be my future in music but but then I, I kind of switched back again after my my wife pushed me she 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 told me that I'm always so so you know good with technology and such and she she knew that I used to do all of these small things so she made me switch into into development and I, I have never been looking back ever since. <laughs> I see. <laughs> um, I, I wouldn't want to comment too much on one's career path, but I, I guess there's there's definitely a lot of business in uh, being able to be a developer and, and build things on the internet. And the path as a musician maybe is not, not such a high chance of, of getting paid for your work, <laughs> perhaps. I don't know. <laughs> and I, I don't think so. But... but... <laughs> I kind of see, you know, the the two things go hand in hand because for for both being a musician and uh, being good into, in technology, you 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 have to be a creative person. And yeah, yeah. I, I am really creative because when once I once I get an idea, I have to live it out. <laughs> I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's great. And and what a fulfilling thing to be able to do. I I know my my own background and loving i i'm not i wouldn't call myself a, a programmer by any means but i i there's something i love about the web where if you do have an idea you can turn it into something that people all around the world can use and if you have the skills to do that it's an incredibly fulfilling thing i think yeah it's it's definitely one of those things that i find interesting about technology and the web um especially that if you are a web developer, you can speak a language that most other people can speak and you are able to solve problems that they have using technology. Um, mm. you, you, you can invent all of these small things and turn it into something that's going to make life easier for so many other people. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of also what made me think one day, like once I really got good at web development, I, I was sitting down and I was thinking about like, how can I combine my love, uh, just to go back to the topic uh, around how I get into sustainability? Yeah. Like how can I combine my love for the nature and technology? And then, then I came up with this like sustainable web design thing after reading some Greenwood's book. Right. And immediately I knew what I was going to spend my life on. It, it had to be like the combination of doing something good for the environment and working with, with technology at the same time. Oh, wow. That's, that's incredible. So... Actually, yeah, so for those who might be listening to this podcast for the first time, 
Tom Greenwood is someone we had on one of the episodes in I think it was series series three just gone, and and Tom is a co-founder I think of or if not founder of of whole grain digital creative well digital agency but their whole focus is on digital sustainability and so Tom's book was had a profound impact on you then it sounds Michael yeah definitely after reading the book I realized that all types of technology is polluting in the world each email we're sending you know has a weight somewhere uh, that's going to be led into into the world like we we might not see it immediately when we send an email And that's why, at least that's what I think, like, that's why most people think that technology is just, you know, this, like, same place that we can, we can go to and just pollute, like, all Mm. we want, or use it as much as we want, without any consequences. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, his, his, his book definitely made me think about that there is a problem, and we need a solution for it. But it didn't give me the answers that I needed to, to be able to help. So I was, I was thinking that, you know, that there might be some other way to, how, how would I phrase that? I'm sorry, I lost the thread there for a moment. <laughs> no, don't worry. Yeah, are you, well, you were saying that Tom's book maybe didn't give you the answers of how to, how to address some of the, the challenges, but, but it sounds like it, it, it put you on a path to maybe wanting to, to solve, solve those things and figure it out yourself. Yeah, it, Exactly. It it gave me the idea to create something that would make it easier for other people to 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 get into sustainable web design because most of the books today, like they they grade all of them, but they they don't give so many answers to how we can do concrete things to to reduce pollution, make websites more sustainable, and. Yeah that that was that is something that that I want to make easier for people so that they don't have to go through the same thing I did it, yeah. it feels a little bit like reinventing the wheel yeah 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 if you can make it easier for people and and more obvious i guess i guess there's there's a lot of advice out there an abundance of advice of how to build websites regardless of digital sustainability there's a lot of advice on how to build a table how to not use tables in web design to go back to your earlier point and but like the amount of the amount of clear advice on building building a a website today that is more climate conscious i think is is perhaps still still lacking and and maybe there's there's more more need than ever for for advice on that and perhaps bringing it more into the the default thinking of how to build a website in my opinion yeah i i I definitely agree on that i i think today websites like when when companies are building websites is seen more as a product instead of a process so they they most likely think more of it as a product that they need to create as fast as possible and ship out well what i think would be more correct would would be to to look at it the same way as we used to. So we we would look at it as a process instead, like mm. building something and going into details with with how to optimize it, for example, optimize the content, make it run as smooth as possible. Yeah. So I guess that maybe segues into to your 
your book and and some of the advice you give in there and not to steal too much of the advice from your book michael but but any any of the sort of the talking points in that book that that feel most relevant today or or any anything in there that you you feel that people should be doing as a an obvious step or anything in there that you feel is not being done even though it should be a really obvious thing to do do you do anything there that that sort of you see on a daily basis yeah there there are definitely things that i see on a on a on a daily basis first i just want to address that the the 20 topics in the book is is about stuff that you know it's already out there so it's it's not a secret it's not a secret formula (laughs) i got to i literally (laughs) just took my experience from from the years I've been working with web development and I translated it into something that would reduce pollution, which also means that, for example, one of the topics in the book is, is about image optimization. Right. Yeah. yeah. Images and, and videos are, are definitely something that, that is used a lot on the internet today. And sadly, you know, I, I often see it that those images are not optimized. Yeah. So, so that, yeah. that's definitely something that that people would be able to and to focus more on it's it's actually amazing you you're saying that because we were literally just this morning having this conversation on the team we were putting out a blog post and it had a a few photos in it from a, a recent day we did as a team and we were realizing that the the photos were so much closer to the original what came off the the camera rather than what's optimized for reading on a often a mobile phone screen and the the difference of what what comes out of a phone camera versus what you need to see the picture is 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 huge and that's just in terms of the pixels let alone like other smart things that there's i know there's lots of algorithms and compression techniques you can use to further reduce file size but it's yeah the the knowledge of this feels like it's still very much in the knowledge of developers and programmers who have experience with web technologies but actually i guess today as a lot of people making content on the web that don't have that same background and and i think that's an interesting one where ideally more of this knowledge that someone like yourself has michael can make its way not just within developing developer circles but also into the hands of content people marketing people and and wider than that i i hope but maybe yeah. I'm, uh, exerting my own opinion there a bit too much. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it's 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 really interesting you're saying because the internet today is not only you know for for developers and designers like yeah. you you don't have to hire a, a web developer or a designer to to get a website today or to even you know express your opinion online through yeah. blogs and social media and all this, which also means that. There are so many people out there who, who don't understand the consequences of all these things. Yeah. Like when, when you on social media or on a blog, for example, just upload, you know, your vacation photos, you don't yeah. think about that. You need to compress them or resize them to fit the platform or, you know, yeah. convert them into, into the, the, the best image formats as possible. Mm-hmm. You just upload them. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's an interesting one as well. I guess there's an opportunity there for anyone who's responsible for making web services. And I I definitely think that's a role we feel we we need to take very seriously at Ecosend is 
we know a lot of people using our platform have no technical knowledge at all. They're, they're marketing people. They're people that write the newsletter, but they're people that are often responsible for putting images, sending an image out to maybe hundreds of thousands of people. And so like making sure that we are building a platform that can have sensible defaults and, and often helps people not even need to know too much, but to do the right thing almost without knowing, but it's like, we also want to educate as well. And, and so I, I I think there's a, a difficult balance for, for people in that position of building web services where maybe taking away the need to do some of that, but also educating is, is another big piece. And I think it's why a book like yours is so powerful because by you influencing web developers, those web developers can influence their own life, but they can influence the impact of and and impact hundreds of thousands, millions, hundreds of millions of, of consumer consumers and their behaviors, which is, is, I I would imagine Michael for you is incredibly rewarding. (laughs) It is, it is definitely rewarding. Like every time that I see my, my book get purchased by, by someone, you know, I imagine what, what kind of difference that it might make for them and for, for all of the websites that, that, that they have their hands on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So are there any (laughs) other, any other lessons in your book that you, you'd be keen to share on on the on the podcast or have you got the book there you got it you got it there to reference yeah i actually (laughs) just got the hardcover version home oh wow (laughs) it's definitely hard to it's hard to pick pick something (laughs) (laughs) what did you what did you start with what was number one do you mean lessons or yeah out of all the, the the 20 lessons the the number one thing after like lesson one and two is is about sustainable web design like what well, what is it actually the concept okay. and, uh, lesson two is talking about like well what a carbon footprint is and how you can measure your website's carbon footprint mm. and number three starts to to explain what uh, green web hosting is okay yeah. so that might also yeah. be an interesting topic to absolutely to dive yeah. into. Yeah, 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 de- definitely. I, I know that a lot, well, almost anyone with a web presence has got to think about who they choose to host their site or their service on. So when you say, what, yeah, what do you mean, first of all, when you say green web hosting and how does one go about finding finding a web host that is green? <laughs> I would say that finding a green web host can be as simple as going on Google and typing green web hosting or sustainable yeah. web hosting. You will definitely see a lot of companies, you know, appear. All of them might not be completely green because yeah. they, like they, they, like the electricity that you use might be running on the the normal grid. And yeah. If the electricity on the grid is not green, then they would have to do something else, like you know, to to make it green. Yeah, like offsetting and things like that. But what what I see as green web hosting is is a web hosting company that run on green renewable energy. So, so either they, they run it with solar panels, if they don't have green electricity on the grid, mm-hmm. or they, they are located in a country where the electricity is green. Like I live in Sweden, for example, our, our footprint, you know, is, is very small when it comes to the electricity. I saw on a website a few days ago that in general, um, the electricity 
in Sweden produce between 16 and 25 grams of carbon dioxide per kilowatt hour compared to other countries where it easily can exceed like 100 or even up wow. to eight or 900 grams per, per kilowatt hour. Wow. Wow, that's quite quite a huge contrast, isn't it? Mm. I feel like every we're always looking at Sweden as the, the ones to, <laughs> who are leading the way on this stuff. That's incredible. So so finding a host in Sweden is probably a good idea. <laughs> I, I, would, I would definitely say so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that is incredible. We, we also, just for what it's worth at Ecosem, we also think about our own usage of, 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 of energy with, within the service, services we build and thinking about adopting sort of serverless technologies as well so that you're, you're kind of only using, even if you're using renewable energy, trying to use as little energy as possible. And, and I, I, I think there's a huge benefit there as well, which is the energy often translates into the, the cost as well. So like, it, it's one of these things which is beneficial for both the, you know, the, there's the environmental consequences of using that energy, but there's also the, the cost benefits of, of not using that energy. And it's a conversation we have a lot on the podcast where doing the right thing here actually it, it's often not just good for the planet it's it's a beneficial thing for for really all parties concerned which i, I think is great i was gonna i was gonna say i know michael you wanted to talk about one of the more difficult parts of this which is as a as a web developer you often encounter clients and and businesses who maybe don't care so much as you and and don't, and they just want a website how do you how do you deal with with clients like that how do you deal with those kinds of conversations yeah so so just to start off that conversation um, the the company i'm working at full time right now they have clients that are not you know focusing so much on sustainability so so usually we we don't have that talk with them but while I'm developing websites and designing, I always try to, to put in as many things as I can to make it as sustainable as possible. The, the company I work for, we like all the websites that we create is using their own CMS system called Dynamics. So we, we can do literally anything we want with it. But just to, to give an example, for example, of some of the things that I do, like if, if a website wants uh, like a card list, displaying all of the, the blog posts or news articles, then, then I would usually go in and, and develop uh, a card list, allow them to add the image to, to the list if they want, but then I would not show the image in, in full size. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if one card has a width of, let's say 350 pixels, then I would generally crop or like resize the image to, to fit that card, compress it and, and all of these things like behind the scenes so that they, they don't have to deal with all of these uh, things. Right, right, right. So, so working with a client where you care more than maybe they, whether or not they care, you're going to care and you're going to make sure it's implemented in a way that they don't even need to know, but it's doing the right thing behind the scenes anyway. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, of course, it's limited what you can do because you, you cannot just say, okay, I'm going to spend 30 or 40 hours on, on this feature <laughs> here that they have not even approved on. Yeah. But, but you can always do all of these small things. 
Yeah, uh, like compress the images or resize them, convert the fonts, for example, uh, make sure that they don't use a TTF or OTF. Instead, use yeah. Wolf two, 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 for example. That's good. Do do you have you ever have you ever had a difficult conversation with a client? Then have you ever had a conversation with a client where they the the there's not been that alignment? Have you ever had to say no to a client to with, with regards to a request? Not really. No. I'm 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 usually not sitting in in the meetings myself. We we have someone who take care of that. But but I yeah. get all of the details afterward and figure <laughs> out how we're gonna you know solve this problem that that they that they have. <laughs> You're the fixer. You you make sure it's all sorted at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I that's great to hear, Michael. So so I guess what are the 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 final topic really is just around any thoughts on the future. And I know you there there was a, a point you were were wondering about on on the future of of sustainable web design I, it'd be good to hear your your hearing your own words what you were what you were thinking there yeah it's it's kind of something that, that i was thinking like everyone could could think about like once in a while uh, yeah if all websites on the internet were sustainable would we then create more websites <laughs> yeah and is that <laughs> is that a good thing is that a bad thing i don't know like yeah, it's uh, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's definitely one to ponder, isn't it? Yeah, you you can definitely look at it, you know, and like both ways, good and yeah. bad. If if all uh, websites were were sustainable, would they then even have an imprint on on the climate? But no, it's it's definitely a question I've been thinking a lot about. And personally, I think that we wouldn't really see much more websites than what we have now. It's it's hard to to say, but but my but when when I'm speculating about it, I, that's that's the answer that I come to because right now we like the whole world is talking so much about um, like the the climate crisis and and all of these things, but no one is really talking about how much technology and data pollutes. Like mm, despite yeah. all of these evidence and despite how much it pollutes, it's it's still like this thing that we think that we can just you know. We can have all these images and we, we can just post all of these interesting things on, on social media and then nothing is going to happen. Like it, it has no consequences. Yeah. So I, yeah. I think like for, for the future, it, it could be the same. Like there would still be a lot of people who don't really know, which means that yeah. we would probably not see many more websites than, you know, what, what we're building right now. Yeah. Yeah. Although a goal, a goal, I think of of making every website on the web more more sustainable or more climate conscious seems like a a good goal to have. Regardless, I I I think it's a a very interesting one to ponder. I I quite like. We don't often have a a topic like that on the show where it's like people could take away and think about a bit more. And I I would actually encourage anyone listening or watching, like maybe maybe leave us a comment about your own thoughts on that. Whether whether if we if if all websites were made sustainable, would that mean we we ultimately end up with with more sites and and any change to 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 things there? That would be that's that is a very interesting one. Thank you, Michael, for sharing. Yeah, I I, I know you also. Well, what we always like to do on the show is wrap up with some advice, and I know I know you 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 had some some advice here, which I I think would would be really wonderful to <clears throat> share, Michael, if you if you don't mind. Yeah, I. My my advice actually comes from from Tom Greenwood because I remember that he once uh, wrote that we don't have to be one hundred percent correct, 
and we just need to take action. And that is, is also the advice that I used personally to overcome my fear of, you know, creating content and just put myself out there to people. That's why I wrote the book, because the, the knowledge that I have could be useful to others. It is relevant now. It might not be relevant in two years because our industry is, you know, evolving so fast. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it doesn't matter. Because what, what I can do now, I should do. Like, I might not be 100% correct about everything, but the things that I'm correct about can help others. Absolutely. I, I think that is such a, such a wonderful thought to be ending on because it touches on and connects quite a few things we talked about on, on this podcast o- over the time we've been running it. And, and one of the earlier episodes we had was about the topic of, of greenwashing, but also a topic that I hadn't come across until then, which is green hushing, which was people not wanting to talk about anything climate related or sustainability related at all for fear of saying the wrong thing. And I think collectively, it's something I think a lot of people really struggle with, you know, not wanting to give advice, not wanting to share what they're doing, because there's a fear that it's not the right thing. And I think we'd be in a really bad place if everyone adopted that mentality because we need more people talking about this. We need more of a conversation. We need more discussion. We need more action. And and I think your advice there and uh, by extension, Tom's advice, I, I think it just resonates so so much with me. And, and I think the way I think about business as well and in general, like, you really if you're waiting till you're 100 percent confident or right about something you've you've already waited far far too long and the world is only getting faster not slower and yeah you 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 taking action often is how you get to being correct it's how you learn it's how you you get get stronger and, and clearer about what's right and wrong i i i love that advice michael thank you i i think there's been a wonderful episode michael we're already already at our half hour mark so i i really want to make sure for anyone who's listened or watched today they can go learn more about what you're up to michael and in particular learn from your your book so your i assume sustainable worldwide web sustainable www.org is where people should go to learn more is that correct yeah the, that is where people should go Brilliant, brilliant. So we'll link that in the show notes. And uh, if anyone wants to connect with you, you're on LinkedIn as well, right, Michael? So we'll, we'll link link that in the in the notes too. Thank you very much, Michael. Thank you for being a wonderful guest. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you. And thank you, everybody, for uh, tuning in and uh, watching or listening today. If you've enjoyed the show, if you want to take any of Michael's advice here, Please let us know about it. We always love hearing how the, these episodes impact you. So yeah, let us know. And and please do tell others about, about the episode and about Michael's wonderful work. We'd, we'd love to spread this message far and wide. So thank you for, for tuning in and we'll catch you next time. Bye.